Hello, and welcome to Saturday, a podcast for sads and gays. I'm kind of Kyle, as you always know, and I've been doing this lead up, so I figured I'd just dive in almost immediately, but I just have a few things to say. So, as listeners know, I am eventually moving into a new podcast, a new endeavor, one that has more of a specific focus of analyzing internet culture through humor and through my expertise as a PhD student in literature and visual culture. So I've decided to do that now. I've been making my first episode about sad girls, particularly Tumblr era sad girls and sad girl aesthetics. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to release my teaser here on Sad Girls and Sad Girl Aesthetics, and you'll be hearing teasers of my upcoming episodes over the next few months um, until I release my new podcast, which the name is still TBD. So, without further wet-ass pussy, here is my teaser of my podcast episode on Sad Girls. I want to die. I'm kidding. Sad Girl is over. Time to clean our rooms, get over our exes, and time to stop posting memes about our personality disorders. Mitski said Sad Girl is over in a recent video where she reacted to different posts about herself. Looking at one specific tweet that said, New Mitski, it's a big day for sad bitches over the release of new songs that she's had. Mitski replied, The sad girl was reductive and tired like 5-10 years ago, and it still is today. Let's retire the sad girl shtick. Sad girl is over. Mitski's reaction is similar to so many others who get pigeonholed into the sad girl trope, particularly Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Taylor Swift, especially after the release of Red Taylor's version, popularizing the phrase sad girl autumn on Twitter and Instagram. That's the raisin and potato salad version of hot girl summer. NPR, in a recent winter issue, declared 2021 the year of the sad girl due to the release of Taylor's Red and Adele's 30, released only a month later. And yeah, these albums deal with grief, rejection, and loss, but does this crown them the queen of sad girls? I mean, why call them sad girls? Why not just call them depressed millennial white women singing songs that make me drunk cry at 3am in my bathtub? Is there a difference between capital S and capital G sad girl and singers who make pop songs about heartbreak? In internet culture, sad girls has a specific history and association because of course it does. Nothing is sacred, humanity is crumbling, and God is a Twitter bot named Slay Guevara. So let's take a shallow dive into the history of the sad girl. Sad girl should just be what it means definitionally, sad and girl. But for internet culture, there's always an aesthetic and philosophy behind all of these specific terms. So sad girl 
is commonly understood as a specific social movement, which we'll get into a little bit later, that dominated Tumblr in the early 2010s. It was a time of sapia-filtered pictures of cigarettes, probably Marlboros or Parliaments, quoting specific brooding poets like Sylvia Plath, a specific fashion sense involving often black skirts, combat boots, a Daria-fied type of grungy millennial malaise matched with post-opening up about mental illness and creating a community through that in ways that can both be productive and also counterproductive. In the early 2010s, Tumblr appealed to a lot of girls, gays, and theys, and inevitably, as a result of that, Lana Del Rey became a huge influence on the platform, and that raised a lot of questions about romanticizing depression and abusive relationships. But while Lana was a key cultural figure among young, predominantly white women, she doesn't fully embody the complex variations of the internet sad girl or just the term sad girl or just the understanding of a woman distressed because of social disorder in her environment. I have a confession to make. I too once was a sad girl. I am mentally ill. I'm gay. I'm queer. I struggle with gender confusion and eating disorders and all that jazz. I'm very familiar with what it takes to be a sad girl. In fact, I was pretty active on Tumblr in the early 2010s. So based on my fascination with this trope as a fascination with myself, I've decided to break down my examination of the sad girl into three different parts. Part one, sad girl theory. Part two, sad girl aesthetics. And part three, sad girl memes or the memification of sad girls. Grab your parliaments hookers, we're going shoplifting. Part 1, Sad Girl Theory In a 2014 blog titled The Rise of the Sad Girl, Sydney Gore writes, The sad girl is a living, breathing Daria, but has more friends because even an independent woman doesn't want to be lonely all the time. The internet can be a wonderful thing when it has spaces that provide people with a supportive community to identify with. Furthermore, sad girls are assertive women who respect themselves. Sad girls are in touch with their emotions and they express them creatively through the written word and a variety of other art forms. Sad girls embrace their feelings and reflect on their experiences because to ignore them would be a disservice to the self. Sad girls don't let anyone belittle them, their accomplishments, or their feelings. Sad girls are feminist, and they are proud of the quirky skin they are in. Sad girls know their self-worth and acknowledge their value by having standards. Most importantly, sad girls empower themselves 
and each other. The sad girl truly, deeply cares. Usually a little too much, but it's whatever. Notice how this blog quote doesn't mention Lana Del Rey once. And I will also include the link to this in the episode description. Tumblr will tell you that the sad girl aesthetic peaked in 2014 following the rise of singers like Lana Del Rey, Lord, and Marina and the Diamonds. And I think they're right. And I'm assuming Sydney Gore also had a Tumblr in 2014 because most girls and gays in their teens to 20s did. I personally believe that ideology and aesthetic go hand in hand. And there's so many ways to think and dress. You could be a, a socialist in a bear suit, an anarchist in a crop top, or an elf on a shelf, a shelf filled with bazookas and cha-cha heels, courtesy of the Alphabet Mafia. In this blog, Gore is evoking an aesthetic while also endorsing a political stance. She calls herself the sad girl, a living, breathing Daria, but also distances herself from Daria by talking about being more social, saying that the sad girl has more friends. So we can imagine a sort of Daria light, like a diet Daria, a alt girl that wears combat boots, a blazer and a skirt, but maybe is less condescending. She reads voraciously like Daria, but perhaps is a little less sardonic when interacting with her fellow peers. Like, I get the feeling that Daria wouldn't like Lana Del Rey or Marina at all if you've watched the show. Like, I can imagine Daria interacting with her sister Quinn, who is known as the more popular girl, and Daria took place in, like, the late 90s, 97 to, like, 2001, I believe. And if Daria took place in, like, the early 2010s, uh, Quinn, who is her more popular sister, I feel like would more likely be on Tumblr and, like, be an e-girl and be really into Lana Del Rey. And so I can imagine Daria as a more, like, very anti-establishment, anti-mainstream type of jaded person saying something to her like listening to lana del rey or marina and being like oh this sounds like prozac in a pop song or like maybe something like it turns out all sylvia plath needed was some lo-fi beads like daria is definitely a loner and provides critiques of contemporary culture, but I can also understand why um, this writer, Sydney Gore, wanted to distance herself from Daria because Daria is very lonery in a way that doesn't allow for any type of feminist collective or any type of group involvement, really. So... I think it's really interesting that she added that, and it adds a different dimension to Sad Girl that makes it a little different than just, like, the loner, distanced, depressed girl in high school. 
At the end of the paragraph, Gore says, sad girls are feminists who empower themselves and each other. So the ideology of the sad girl is not just an individual sad girl mourning for her own sad girl's sake. The word feminist implies a collective resistance, an action, revolution, girl style now, as they say in Bikini Kills, Double Daria. The use of the adjective sad is a way for women to be honest with their feelings and using their acknowledgement of those feelings to empower themselves and others. If you've ever been in therapy, which it's fucking 2020, if you have the resources, go to therapy. The first step to coping with depression is to acknowledge that you're depressed. That can be a very difficult first step for many people. I, for one, dissociate when I'm depressed because I feel that if I'm in my body feeling the pain, it will crush me into a state of oblivion. But if I don't acknowledge those feelings, I will be crushed into a state of oblivion. Healing means recognizing the source of your pain. For most, if not all, women, that source of pain is men. Hell, like, for most of all men, the source of their pain is other men. Guess we'll all just have to die. If we want to talk about sad girl theory as a theory in specifically online discourse, then we have to talk about Audrey Wallen. Audrey Wallen is a writer, an artist, and became most famous for making Instagram posts replicating famous artwork that pandered to the male gaze. Using her Instagram as her artistic medium, Wallen was known for, quote, using her phone to objectify herself as a critical dialogue on feminism, art history, representation, and performativity of femininity, sadness, and how the expression of that sadness is an inherent threat to the status quo of oppression. Explaining the sad girl theory herself, Wallen stated, the sadness of girls should be recognized as an act of resistance. A limited spectrum of activism excludes a whole history of girls who have used their sorrow and their self-destruction to disrupt systems of domination. Girls' sadness is a way of reclaiming agency over bodies, identities, and life. And while Wallen's work does call out a certain type of patriarchal oppression and a rationale for why sad girls may be sad, it also neglects a lot of real life experiences by women of color and the intense amounts of violence that they face on a daily basis. As the writer Hip to Waste points out, sad girl theory ultimately is predicated on making suicidal ideation sexy, but when black girls are being murdered in their beds, referring to Breonna Taylor, what's the point? And I think this brings a lot of pause into a lot of reconsideration into how we think about feminist aesthetics in online spaces and who we are challenging and why. A lot of the Tumblr aesthetics 
often referred to white women in music, Marina, Lana Del Rey, Lord, Contemporaries, Phoebe Bridgers. What is the space for collective feminist solidarity there? You want to give me an answer? Like, comment, subscribe. When I've heard sad girl aesthetics, I've often heard it be compared to grunge. I think that a lot of the sad girl aesthetics refer back to 90s nostalgia, but I haven't honestly heard a lot of people talk about that. But anywho, when I did a recent search on sad girl on aesthetics wiki, it referred me to pale grunge. And I think that is the closest definition that we can get to the sad girl aesthetic. According to Aesthetics Wiki, pale or pale aesthetics or pale grunge is an aesthetic based on simple photos with a color palette based on white, gray, black, green, and blue. Appeared on Tumblr between 2014 and 2015. And if I scroll down to look into the visuals, so here's how Aesthetics Wiki, which I am now officially obsessed with, here is how Aesthetics Wiki breaks down their aesthetics category. They based on visual, fashion, and website and stores, hair, decoration, music. So I'm going to do a brief shallow dive on all of this. Visual aesthetics of pale grunge, pale aesthetics, which is sad girl. You can challenge me on this, but we'll you'll fail. Black and white edits of movies and TV shows, cigarettes, concrete edifications, faceless photos, glass, Greek statues, Old TVs, plants, Polaroids, silver objects, simple drawings. There's so much more. That was for visuals. Fashion, band and fandom printed tees, cuffed jeans, ripped jeans, black skinny jeans, fishnets, pleated tennis skirts, Converse sneakers, creepers, combat boots, Flower crowns. Lana Del Rey. I didn't mean to do that so obnoxiously. This is the aesthetic. This is the aesthetics. Websites and stores we don't need to get into. Artist. Lana Del Rey, of course. Top Arctic mon monkeys. Monkeys. Charlie XCX. I'm such a cliche. Lord. Marina and the Diamonds, aka Marina. The Smiths. Mac DeMarco, Mitski isn't here, but I guess that's more of a TikTok phase. Mitski is God, what the fuck are you thinking? Aesthetics really bleeds into ideology because aesthetics, ideology, and culture is the way that girls, gays, and theys navigate into the fucking world. And I think that's why we have such intense conversations like the ones that I just gave examples to, like Audrey Wallen will post Instagram selfies and different types of artwork expressing angst towards the ways that women are contained and fetishized within a specific image of 
how their resistance and how their subversion should be expressed. Even when women do express rejection against the patriarchy, it's often held in this way that's supposed to romanticize their subversion. I think a glaring example is Black Swan, which was directed by a man, Darren Afronsky, and even though it features a badass scene where Winona Ryder just loses her fucking shit and Mila Kunis goes down on Natalie Portman, there's still a lot of dynamics that seem to say the only way that you can get out of society, white girl, is by being a sad girl and by posting shit on Tumblr and posting it on Instagram and heck yes, slay the patriarchy, Diet Mountain Dew, baby New York City, XOXO Gossip Girl. Part 3, Memification. I think part of the reason why Mitski says that Sad Girl is over is because it's become such a trope that it's even turned into memes. And there's a lot of good things about memes. I think it helps create a community who can laugh about how neurodivergent they are. And at the same time, it kind of hints to mainstream culture, okay, we now recognize this is a trope, this is a thing, maybe it's time to move on. And that's what's happened with Sad Girl. So the reason why NPR said 2021 was the year of the Sad Girl was because of a lot of tweets saying that the term Sad Girl Autumn in response to Hot Girl Summer, for example. I follow several meme pages on Instagram that also fall into this Sad Girl trope in ways that are very hilarious and also signify what the culture at large is doing with the sad girl trope outside of Tumblr. So there's two pages that I follow. One is I Hate Kate Bush, and one is Manic Pixie Meme Queen, to name only a few. These are very hilarious meme pages geared towards, I would say, sad girls, gays, and days, probably 18 to 40, that actually really like Kate Bush and Joni Mitchell and Taylor Swift, all the sad white girls. A one particularly memorable one that I'll also include in the episode notes features the image of a screenshot of someone's Spotify listening to Taylor Swift's All Too Well Taylor's version, and the caption imposed over it says, the feminine urge to choose revenge over healing. That's one of the major examples of Sad Girl becoming a satire of itself. And I think in a lot of ways, once things become memes, yes, it is a way to say, okay, this is a trope, maybe time to get over it. But it's also a way for people to continue to communicate to each other and to remember a part of their history that was really important to their coming of age story. A lot of people on Tumblr in 2010 to 2014 were trying to find their own community of people struggling with mental illness, people who really liked Lana Del Rey, people who were super fucking gay. The problem is when it becomes a fetishization and a romanticization of the hurt rather than an opportunity for the healing. And I think memes take us out of the Tumblr fetishization of our romanticization of feminine urges to die. 
And I think that's why we need the memes to remind us of where we're at and to just giggle. Memes offer us an oppositional laugh. It's a way of clapping back in response to now decades-old internet adages of unfunny women, of mentally ill women, and memes flooding Reddit threads and continually influencing TikTok's remaining bastion of toxic masculinity. If we can't be funny, let's be sad. Better yet, let's be sad funny and leave all the men confused. Conclusion. It's sad to think about Sad Girl being over because Mitski, our lord and savior, said it was so, but think of how Mitski and all these other women feel about being pigeonholed into the Sad Girl trope. It kind of gets exhausting when you want to explore other aspects of your identity and moods. So... I think it's good to follow suit. This follows a long trope of just women being mentally ill, women being chronically depressed, and using that depression as the sole source of their art. One of the things that I was thinking of as a literary scholar is the fallen woman trope. The fallen woman trope, to those of you who aren't familiar, refers to a woman falling from the grace of God like Lucifer the Fallen Angel, because women and Satan apparently go together like milk and cookies. In the 19th and 20th century, particularly during uh, the Victorian era, a fallen woman was often a woman from upper middle class society who, quote, fell from grace by breaking societal decorum, particularly by seeming flirty, sexual, or unladylike. Falling from grace here often means turning to prostitution as a result of social rejection, not in the pretty woman style. Often they died from addiction or illness as a consequence of failing to be a proper lady. I think one of my personal favorite examples would be Edith Wharton's 1905 novel The House of Mirth, which tries to subvert the trope of the fallen woman by showing how upper-class society discriminates against this woman who is from old money and eventually the main character lily bart dies in poverty because society sees her as a promiscuous unmarried woman lily bart is a woman who falls from social graces as her old money status dwindles in comparison to the age of new money and the rise of american capitalism house of mirth is an incredible critique of wealth uh respectability politics and gender that gives us a lot of insight into how tropes prevail throughout time. While it's tragic to see Lily Bart descend into poverty, there's also something thought-provoking and enticing in our reading of her fall. As readers, we voyeuristically observe a woman desperately striving for social mobility while her peers vampirically drain her of her emotional and physical resources. We can't learn about the critique of power, class, and gender without seeing Lily Bart fall like a drunk white bitch falling down the stairs. Edith Wharton has designed her novel so that we can only see the world through her protagonist's tragic fall. The sad girl dies a sad girl, and as provocative and illuminating as a novel like this may be, it does little to create a space where women can rise above her own status. And this trope goes way, way far back. I think a very recent video that does a lot, sheds a lot of light on this is by Mina Lee on YouTube called The Tumblr Girl is Coming Back. Mina associates it to Ophelia, which I think is a really good example too. Ophelia in the tragedy of Hamlet dies to serve a purpose of motivating 
Hamlet's character arc. And when we think about the sad girl on Tumblr and Mitski's response to the sad girl, I think we have to consider what is the purpose that she is serving. Sure, she's critiquing male power, she's critiquing misogyny, she's critiquing the male gaze, but how far does depression lead us to that if the end result is often suicide? I think the memification does a better job of showing this resistance, and I'd like to actually dedicate more episodes to explaining how memes serve as subversion and resistance to conservative politics. Suffice to say, the sad girl can be a lot of things to a lot of people, and it might depend on your age, your economic status, your race, your relation to pop culture. I don't think sad girl is over, but I think it's over for Mitski, and it's perhaps over for a lot of people who developed a particularly problematic relationship to their own depression. So, sad girls, we salute you, we stand by you, and cry your tears of remorse and regret over shitty men, and once you're ready to work with us, to work with everyone together, let's fucking find a Supreme Court justice that isn't a fucking rapist. Maybe Sad Girl isn't over. Maybe she's just begun.